podcast, where we promulgate that your physical, psychological, and financial health are your true sources of wealth that must be safeguarded and optimized to achieve long-lasting happiness. Here, we'll discuss tactics on how you may self-actualize to reach the pinnacle of authentic masculinity by embracing true libertarian principles, arming yourself with red pill knowledge, as well as implementing the most up-to-date holistic health biohacks to optimize your health. Stop being a blue pill sheep, being led to slaughter by big government and the court system. Become an awakened man. Here's your host, Gregory. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of The Awakened Man. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to do part three of the mailbag. We just did a mailbag week. So let's just get to it. Question number one. Should I be dating a cougar? I'm 23 years old. I met a woman from work. I guess he works part-time, apparently. And uh, he says she is a MILF. And she's been making the move on him. And apparently she's 38. And he says she's, quote, hot, close quote. All right, well, look, you're young. I mean, some of this is like, you know, sexual exploitation. And I want to sow my wild oats. And I want to have these stories later on. And look, so I'll I'll tell you from the, the, the typical point of view. And then from, of course, the Christian point of view is you shouldn't be fornicating at all. Don't be pumping and dumping. Don't be don't be fornicating. But I know as a man, it's hard for men to think, okay, so I either I can have sex outside of wedlock, so I either have to get married and sign the contract or be a monk. I understand that mindset's difficult. So I'm just gonna give you the typical kind of the typical view. It all has to do with purging the thirst, man. If you purge the relationship thirst, then you don't have to worry about it. Because if if you haven't purged the thirst of the idea that you're unhappy without a woman in your life, uh, then you might make a stupid thing like, oh, fall in love with her. I want to fall in love with her. And you're falling in love with a, with a 38 year old who's not necessarily a cougar, but you know, for for your 23 year old perspective, I can understand why you think she's a cougar. Yeah. So if if you don't purge the thirst, you can easily get dick napped, and you wear the rose colored spectacles. Next thing you know, you're falling in love. And also, she still is fertile, so uh, you better to glove up and uh, rinse out those condoms, and because uh, you don't want to be paying and be the second or who knows how many. You didn't tell me how many kids she has, but you could end up being the the third daddy of the three kids. And uh, you're still worrying about false allegations, cluster B stuff. You know, when when you're ending it with a woman and she doesn't know it's a pump and dump, and it's a pump and dump. All bets are off, man. A lot of women, or at least, you know, a lot of women won't won't go cluster B and call the cops and say that you raped her, but they might not take it well. And this, of course, is a woman of any age, not necessarily the cougar. The cougars are easy because you know, like she's post-wall and she is eager for any type of man and now she can brag, oh, look, I'm with a 23-year-old. See, I still have it, even though she doesn't have it because she doesn't understand men and sexual market value. A man, even a, a somewhat attractive woman in her lower 40s can get a man to bang her. Again, like I've mentioned, a woman can go to a bar and 27 out of 30 men will bang her. Banging is not the same thing as long-term commitment. It's really not. Women are the gatekeepers of sex. Men are the gatekeepers of relationships. So getting a man to bang you women is not hard unless you're like morbidly overweight. Certainly, they're the super simps that will bang even the morbidly overweight, so you can get those guys. But even regular dudes will bang you, even if you're post-wall. So that's nothing. 
getting a guy to screw you is nothing. It's getting a guy to commit to you. And this guy isn't going to commit to you. So the 38-year-old mom here, the MILF, yeah, she, if she looks good, she's probably getting narcissistic supply from other from other men, no doubt. And she's probably getting her attention. And so you can just be one of the many men that she's banging, but make sure you glove up. And, uh, you know, it's up to you from the PUA perspective whether or not you want to tell her, hey, this is just a pump and dump. Or maybe you're just be honest with her and just say you're plate spinning. And uh, there's there's nothing long term. But if you feel like that's going to get in the way of the golden P, then I guess, you know, lie to her and say that, that, that you love her. You're falling in love with her so you can get access to the more golden P of a 38-year-old cougar. I believe in just being honest. I did that episode about five episodes ago, how uh, men should just be honest about short-term relationships, but it's up to you. But look, you banging a cougar is not impressive because the sex positive movement has destroyed women, and we know most women are putting out by the second or third date as it is. So, you know, where, where, why is it bragging for you <laughs> to say you're banging a cougar, man? Anybody could bang a cougar. But just understand the dynamics. Don't fall in love with her or glove up, and uh, yeah, just be careful. Number two. Ooh, this is from a guy named Anonymous, and he says he's he and his wife are divorcing, and she has exhibited cluster B tendencies, and she's threatened to create. Oh, look, see, this this is going back to what we just talked about: false allegations at work to get him fired, uh, and then she's been practicing parental alienation. It's um, a long. This is a long email here. So in other words, essentially how to deal with cluster B personality disorders. Okay, if, if it's your baby mama or, or your ex-wife. <sighs> Man, this is a toughie, right? You know, all relationships start out great, right? If they didn't start out great, you wouldn't be in it. And then they a lot of them end up like this. Just, just a nightmare, right? Because you're not necessarily a nightmare. Look, you read People Magazine and they'll always pick up man murders ex-wife, murder suicide. That does happen. So, no, undoubtedly, indubitably, there are unhinged men who do things like this. Absolutely. But as a whole, there aren't a lot of ways for a man to, to screw, uh, I'm sorry, a woman to screw a man. I mean, sorry, there aren't a lot of ways for a man to screw a woman aside from causing her harm. And if, if that happens, of course, uh, she can call the cops and get him thrown in jail with no problem. Uh, but there are a lot of ways for a woman to screw up a man. And because the, the, the system is set up, uh, is at her disposal to screw up the man at any time. And so you see in this situation with false allegations, uh, trying to get your, your kids taken away. I mean, her word is gold. Your word is, is lead in, in the court system and with the police. No doubt. I mean, she calls saying that you've been harming her or she feels unsafe around you. The cops are called and normally, and, and yeah, I mean, it's changing a little, but normally the cops are going to side with her and automatically believe she is innocent and you are guilty simply because you're a man and you're going to have to prove otherwise. So with women like this, ex-wives like this, who who have the court at their disposal, um, you just got to be very careful. So one of the things I would recommend is you just document everything, like every interaction you have with her, uh, and many times when you go through a divorce, they, the, the court, the judge will make you use a certain app. I can't remember the, the names of them. There's certain apps where like all correspondence and communication must be done through this app. That way everything's documented. And then every time you're doing drop-offs and pickups, make sure your phone's on or just walk up recording everything. That way everything's documented because later on she'll be, oh, he did this. He made me do this. I need to get a restraining order. He said this about the kids or he did this. Everything's recorded. The document, 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 just to cover your butt. Because again, 
The word is not on your side. Okay? She has a lot more power to destroy you than you have to destroy her. And like most men, as much as they hate their ex after maybe she took all the money or she took the kids or whatever, most men are not going to be the type. And you never really see this unless it's in like Lifetime movies. I mean, I'm gonna, you know, take. I'm gonna, I'm gonna destroy you, woman. I'm gonna create false allegations. I'm gonna get you fired. Yeah, you see this like in the J Lo movie, uh, where she sleeps with the guy, the younger guy, boy next door. You know, you you see these kind of movies where the guys unhinged. Uh, but uh, as a whole, it, that's not as as common. It's not as common. And certainly, the, the the women have a lot more recourse. But in most cases, men aren't going to like seek revenge. Man, men are just angry, and this is why I always, you know, recommend that you forgive your ex because that leads to greater healing and learn from your mistake and don't get dignapped and don't don't marry another woman or don't even do long term relationships and block your heart, work on your relationship thirst. Don't listen to what women say, but look at their actions and uh, yeah, just don't put yourself in that situation. Learn from your mistake. You were married when you were blue pilled, no doubt, and uh, hopefully you're red pill from this experience, and you will use that knowledge to protect you. And unfortunately, you're gonna have to deal with this woman for the next 18 years or however long you're gonna have to be with her. And it really, it's forever because you're going through the kids' marriages and divorces and all these things that they're gonna go through. But certainly, you're paying child support, or you have to interact with her until the kids are 18. And it's tough, man, because it, it really is like a, like a uh, millstone or an anchor that's wrapped around your neck when your your ex is like this. Now, not all exes are like this. Some people have great exes that they can amicably co-parent with. Uh, but unfortunately, there are a lot of women who are like, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned, even though she was the one who divorced you, you know, 75% of the time. But uh, she just has this this vendetta out to destroy you. And so now you just have to protect yourself. And I think one of the best things you can do is document everything. And, and um, just, you know, vaya con Dios, my friend, vaya con Dios. Uh, let's say number three, drinking. Okay, so a woman, look at this. Woman has a brother. Uh, he's concerned that during the lockdown over the last seven months or so, he's been increasing his drinking. Uh, she doesn't know what to do. He, he never really drank, apparently, until now. And now all he does is drink all day. Yeah, this is this is an issue. Addiction is a major problem. It's such a problem. And and you know, my father was an alcoholic and a rageaholic, and my uh, other people in my life were like that. But I am fortunate uh, that I guess the worst addiction I ever had in my life was food. Go to Confessions of an Obese Child podcast where I talk about the binge eating. But I look around and I, I know there's a lot of people that are hooked on on alcohol or gambling or shopping or Vicodin or Xanax or you know, all the all the benzos like lorazepam, Valium, all these things. And uh, it's tough. And no doubt there's been um, the COVID lockdown has put an, an, an inordinate amount of stressors on a large majority of people. Now, some people have been doing well and they've actually made money during this time. But uh, go to the episodes that we have at the beginning of the, of the lockdown, how it's led to a higher rate of uh, domestic disturbances and, and fighting. You know, if if the relationship was bad or unstable at the beginning, it's only going to get worse. And if the relationship was good, a lot of couples get through this time fine. And a lot of families are, are finding quality family time now that the kids are always at home, especially if the kids are teenagers. So there are some families that actually have, have excelled during this time. So with the drinking... <sighs> I don't really know what to tell you. I mean, I would tell you to do help, have him get help, but uh, with the drinking, and actually go to that episode. Actually, you know, uh, anonymous, 
Go to that episode I did where I interviewed the the alcoholic Will. Uh, probably it was about two months ago. Scroll down. It's probably around episode two ninety. And uh, I interviewed an alcoholic, and he was a, a bender type. So he would just drink, you know, for for six seven days. Just all he he would do is drink. And you get a lot of insight into the alcoholic. And um, I recommend you listen to that episode. Aside from that, you know, a lot of the drinking is why is he drinking? Is he depressed? Did he lose his job? I mean, you can intellectually reason with them, like, hey, this drinking is it going to make you better? It's only going to be worse. Of course, it's a class one carcinogen. It's going to destroy your health. It's going to give you cirrhosis. It's going to give you cancer. It's going to make you overweight. The drinking might give you momentary cessation of your anxiety, but it's just going to augment and exacerbate everything. And a lot of people turn to addictions because of anxiety, right? And then with alcohol, alcohol ends up making you even more anxious. There, uh, there was an ABC News anchor, Elizabeth Vargas, and she wrote a book about three, four years ago. I remember when it came out because she did some interviews, so maybe I'd recommend you check this out on YouTube, where she talks about her addiction to alcohol, how it started because she became a news anchor and she had, you know, she was edgy because she was nervous, right? She'd be on national news. So she would drink a little beforehand, and that would calm her. And that her get through it, but then it started this snowball, right, where she was better, but then she started relying on it as a crutch, and so she would drink more, and then the drinking would actually increase the anxiety later on, so she had to drink more, and it was just this never-ending cycle. And so it's it's extremely frustrating. So I guess you can intellectually uh, argue with him or debate with him the reasons why he should stop drinking, but clearly that's just going to bounce off the cranium uh, because he continues to do it. I mean, you could, of course, tell him that eventually this lockdown is going to abate and things are going to get better. Um, you can get the alcohol out of the house, so he has to go drive and buy it. But we know how liquor stores are all essential services. But uh, that that wouldn't hurt. But ultimately, I think you're going to have to do the deep work. Like I, t- like I mentioned at Confessions, and, and I've mentioned here before, what is driving him to drink? You know, people people who do drugs and, and smoke pot and, and, and uh, do hallucinogens and all these things, you know, it, it's so lauded because of Hollywood now and so forth. But my view of this is anytime you have to do something that takes you away from the reality that you're in, there's something wrong. Because you shouldn't have to take something to get you out of the reality that you're in. Whether it be smoking pot or, or, or whatever it is, drinking. Okay, so but but it's so normalized. Hey, let's get drunk and, and screw around. Let's party and let's get drunk. You know, what are you escaping from? What are you escaping from? And whatever it is, deal with it. So encourage him to do therapy. If it gets really bad, you know, I'm sure maybe uh Take him to one of those rehab places, but the, the rehab places are extremely expensive. And, um, you know, you didn't really give me a lot of information, so I don't know if he's working, if it's affecting his work, if he has a virtual job and all that. But just monitor him. Try to reason with him. And uh, just let me know how it goes because uh, addiction is such a destructive thing, especially when there's kids involved or, or spouses. And, of course, it can ruin your finances. And it's just, oh, my God, dealing with the, the drunk depending if they're a rager drunk or a depressed drunk or suicidal drunk. It's just horrible. It's really, really horrible. And I wouldn't wish addictions on my worst enemy. It's really, really horrible. So um, I wish you well in that endeavor and just let me know oh, how that goes. Uh, last question from the mailbag. This is very frivolous. What am I watching now? What are, what are you watching, Gregory? Okay, well, I don't have uh, cable and I don't have local TV, so uh, I don't miss either because I hate commercials. I just hate commercials. So I have streaming. So typically I watch uh, Amazon Prime and Netflix. I really enjoyed The Queen's Gambit. 
which was with Anya Taylor-Joy, the, the, the girl with the big eyes. It's about chess, but really it's not about chess. I like movies. I'm sorry. I like shows that have very good plot and character development. So I was a big fan of Mad Men. I was a big fan of, um, of course, Game of Thrones, especially the early seasons. Uh, I'm not really into nihilistic stuff. So like Breaking Bad, I just couldn't get into. It, it was just too depressing. I'm not into crime procedurals like all the CSIs and Criminal Minds. I'm not into the Chuck Lorre comedies like you know all the ones on primetime like like Big Bang Theory was on. I love Veep on HBO. I watch most of the HBO prestige stuff. Uh, Mad Men probably is my favorite show of all time. I really loved Lost. But recently I watched The Crown because I, I really enjoy British history and history in general. So I, I love the new season of The Crown. I thought they did a great job there. And The Queen's Gambit I've watched recently. And... In terms of comedies of recent years, I always I really enjoyed Fleabag, even though it kind of shows up the, the typical wreck of the uh, Western woman. Fleabag was really great, and um, yeah, Veep. As I mentioned, I liked Veep, and um, that Big Little Lies was great on HBO. Really good, gave a glimpse of, and it, it's interesting on Big Little Lies because I think most of you guys have watched that. I think it does a great job with Alexander Skarsgård and Nicole Kidman, that relationship, because it, it doesn't typically show, it doesn't show the typical abusive women. In that in that show, uh, all the women are just nightmares. Cluster B. Laura Dern's character walks all over her men. Reese Witherspoon walks all over Adam Scott. But uh, So it's all these like sippy, simpy hipster men. But with Skarsgård and Nicole Kidman, I think it's a great portrayal of abuse because she hits them back, right? They get off on it. They get off on it. And it's so like most of the times of the depictions of abuse is so like Tyler Perry, right? Big ominous man beats up on you know woman. And it's not always like that. It's not always like that. Lots of times it's, it's very nuanced and both get off of it. And I'm not condoning physical abuse. I'm not saying that at all. All I'm saying, I think it gave a very good portrayal of a dysfunctional abusive relationship and I think it showed it great, you know, because the guy loves his kids and he tries to control his his anger, but he's controlling and, and she gets off on it. And, and, and it's just fascinating. So I'd recommend if you haven't watched that on HBO, go watch that. Uh, but those are the top of my head. So, guys, that's all I have to say. I mean, probably won't, maybe I'll do a mailbag in a couple of months, but uh, I think three in one week is sufficient. So, guys, if you enjoy my content, go donate some money from PayPal on the link in the episode notes. Go to my website, Naturopathic Earth, and go check out all the articles that I have there. If you need some help from the Red Pill perspective, contact me through the Clarity FM link. You can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Buy my two books, Confessions of an Obi Shot and Revelations of a Weight Loss Warrior. You can find it on Amazon, paperback, or Kindle. And please post an honest review for this podcast. And if you want to go to the early episodes, because I think in most cases now that we're at 333, 334, you can't get to the first 30 episodes. Naturopathic Earth, of course, has it, and maybe some other outlets would have it, but you can always go to Naturopathic Earth and just click under the podcast tab, click under uh, The Wicked Man. It might still be called Holistic Health News. I have to, I don't think I've changed the tab on it. And then you can scroll and watch the, listen to the first 30 episodes. That's one way to do it. All right, guys. And uh, lastly, subscribe to my two sister channels, uh, Confessions of Anobi's Child and the, the Female Holistic Health Apothecary. Until next time, see you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Awakened Man Podcast. Find us on Facebook at the Awakened Man Podcast page. Subscribe and post an honest review on Apple Podcasts and consider donating to our crowdfunding account. And remember, freedom is better than needle. Until next time. Contributed to Nine Inch Nails.